Pinocchio coming to you live from World Championship in San Jose. Welcome to the Living Legends Podcast. Yeah, I I know of kitchen uh, chicken cacciatore because uh, um, I would always refer to um, back when I played Hatchet Dorinthia. That's how I would refer to that deck. Um, really? chicken hatchetory chicken hatchetory <laughs> oh brilliant hey it's just like how i always call katsu chicken katsu chicken oh, yeah. yeah could be pork katsu but i like chicken katsu oh i love chicken katsu <laughs> it's so good to be honest katsu does look pretty fried so <laughs> <laughs> are we recording are we right now i have been recording for a little while so. oh fantastic so there it is. Welcome to Living Legends Podcast, people. Uh, I'm your host for today. My name's Az from Gogan Gaming, and uh, as always, joined by uh, two favourite people in the game, in Flesh and Blood. First of all, I don't know where, where Bill is, but he's up there. Is he up there? No, he's to my left, isn't he? Other Over way. There. Other way. Other way, this Over way. Here. There you go. There you go. Perfect. There he is. <laughs> there he is. Oh, there he is. <laughs> uh, hi, I am Bill from the Spike Feeders, and uh, today, once again, we have some really cool stuff to talk about, and I'm really excited to to see what we all think about uh, the current state mm. of flesh and blood. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, we've got uh, Mr. Red Zone Rogue, where you're seeing this video as well, if you're watching. Or listening. Or listening <laughs> or to listening. it on your That's favorite true, yeah. podcast, yeah. I don't know, distributor of choice. Leave us a five-star rating as well, or, please. Yeah, shout out to Unless it's out of 10, listeners. then rate, give us a 10. Don't give us a five if it's out of 10. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah. No, we've already locked in the five-star rating. <laughs> the absolute average podcast. <laughs> that should be our tagline. The most average flesh and blood podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, brilliant. No, no. We're... I don't even know. I was going to say we're number one, but I don't have enough confidence to say that. No. <laughs> and I'm also... Uh, I'm too, like... I'm not not I'm not that uh, braggadocious to be like we're number one. We're number, number one. one. We're number yeah. five. We're number five. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get that uh, U- USA energy in me to be like completely overconfident in everything that I yeah. do, regardless of how good I actually am at it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> need to just do the tan and grace thing and just wear the United States flag with the glasses and the hat I, sort of thing. The, the, the bandana, despite the the thing you know right below me that has the u.s flag i don't think i own anything with the <laughs> flag on it really i thought all americans had like the eagle like outside the house with a flag like no. hanging down no, no? yeah i thought that was a mandatory thing i thought that just no. came like standard <laughs> no man yeah see <laughs> that's good my family has already served uh the u.s enough we don't need uh, we don't need to do that don't need that, that anymore. That's like that's like actually half true. Um, <laughs> I, I I was actually born in a like my my dad was in the Air Force. I was born on a military base. So, um, oh, there you go. Yeah, a little bit of a little it's, bit of deep lore, but it's uh, in your blood, but not figuratively. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's this is this is gonna this is gonna weird territory. But I used to think when I was like in high school or whatever, I'm like, oh, I wonder where what my status would be if we if i grew up in like the middle ages or something like that i'd be like oh maybe i'd be like a i'd probably be like a soldier or something i might be dead like because i conscript be pushed out into to battle or something right yeah yeah but but we're like not rich enough to be like you know immediately pushed into like uh you know leadership or, or something like that so i'd be like like a foot soldier or like a grunt or something 
forced to yeah. fight for water and bread. Absolutely. Frontline front infantry. Yeah. But thankfully, the only fights that we have to get into are on uh, the card game battlefield. Pieces of paper, that's right. Yeah. Flesh and blood. <laughs> Flesh, Flesh and, and blood. blood. Flesh, Flesh and, and blood, blood, but only with respect to game pieces. <laughs> yeah. Unless you get a paper cut, of course. Oh, um, yeah. And there is blood. Hey, um, don't, don't talk about that. My best friend got a paper cut. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, they're horrible, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, they're pretty bad. Little incisions. Um, yeah. But anyway, anyway. Uh, already off the rails where I'm hosting. Jesus. Um, but um, but yeah, uh, first of all, uh, we want to go into our weeks in Flesh and Blood uh, before we go on to the main topic. The main topic is going to be uh, around History Pack uh, 2, the Blitz decks, and mm -hmm. uh, some of the banned and restricted stuff. We can get into that later. Yep. Um, but first of all, our, our weeks in Flesh and Blood, how have they been? Yeah, I'll go. Um, it's, it's been fine. Yeah. Um, you know, made a video talking about all the things that we're going to talk about today. I have more things to say yeah. and to follow up on. So once again, if mm -hmm. you've already watched that video, there will be new things to talk about here. Um, but So I did that. Um, I did a live stream where we did some UPF with uh, two of the folks from the Table Pit and uh, right. Hank. And that was, uh, that was pretty fun. Um, spoilers, I played Arachne and, well, just, just go watch. Just, just go watch. Um, I, I bet they were like, oh, yeah, we're on, we're on Red Zone Rogue's channel, so let's just beat him up. Oh, yeah. Um, That's what I would do. I will say the number of times that I have actually won a UPF game on my own stream is very, very small. Let me just put it that <laughs> way. I, I've mm. maybe won once or twice. I, I know I've won at least once. <laughs> I know I've won at least once. So we'll see. We'll see. But I think it's a true testament to how much I think UPF is a lot of fun um, by the fact that I just don't care that I almost never won. It's it's always fun. Even if I get knocked yeah. out first or second, which, you know, happens. It happens. Um, oh, does it now? Yeah. yeah it might, <laughs> yeah. might happen. It's one of those things. It happens. This happens to me in like all multiplayer formats, and I think it's just how I play the game. I come out strong, and I don't. I don't really hold back all that much. And so people are all like, "Oh, he's a threat. Kill him!" And I'm like, "Yeah." But but the other guy's gonna win. Like you're gonna kill me, but that other guy's gonna win. And then I just die, and then the other guy wins. And I'm like, I "Knew it." <laughs> I did tell you. Yeah. That's it. And then if you're if you're out first as well, you could just be like, "I told you, you should have done this." You know, still involved in the yeah. game, just. Trash talking them like, yeah, you should have not kill me. You know. Also, it builds <laughs> sympathy points with the audience, right? I am the yeah, under, yeah. I am the I am the underdog, so you gotta you gotta root root <laughs> for me. <laughs> um. Anyway, oh, so that, that's it. what I've been up to. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm working on a couple new deck decks uh, that are actually like meta decks for class constructed. Uh, I oh. waited for the banned and restricted announcement or banned and suspended announcement. Um, and both of the decks that I was wanted to talk about got hit, so I'm glad that I waited. Uh, I was going to make uh, a yep. meta meta Lexi deck tech, and then mm -hmm. I'm also thinking about doing like uh, something I've not done before, like a Fi or something like that. Um, yep. Just to give like new players an idea of what like the top top deck looks like and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But both decks got affected by the ban, so glad I waited. Um, so. Yeah, we'll get we we'll get we can get into the into that later as well because yep. obviously we're going to touch on that as well at some stage. Um, yep, yep. But um, but yeah, um, Bill, awesome. what have you been up to, mate? Uh, unfortunately, not too much. Um, the 
there's there's one event that goes on today. This is Sunday that we're filming. Um, mm -hmm. Ended up pushing it a day. There's usually an event that goes on uh, today at a local game store, and then there's also one tomorrow. Uh, yeah. I didn't get a chance to go out to last Monday's, um, but I will be going out tomorrow, uh, at the very least, to drop Ooh. off some cards for our, a local player. Nice. I um, at the ProQuest, I had my um, my uh, Soraya sleeves that I got for judging. Nice. In addition to the um, the, the scroll for um, mm. the adjudicator. And uh, of course, for the sleeves, I really wanted to use them to sleeve my prism deck because it just makes sense. <laughs> um, and I sort of did the same thing with the tunic sleeves, um, but I just have the tunic sleeves for like just random cool cards that I like. So I opened up my box and then I ended up trading for a sealed box just so that I could keep one. Um, yeah. So this local player just like really didn't care about the sleeves. And uh, he's like, OK, well, I'll trade you the sleeves. But I didn't give him anything directly in return, at least at first. Um, so he has a list of cards that he's looking for. And I think, if I remember correctly, I can, I can do most of the list. Nice. Um, so at the very least, I have to drop off some cards tomorrow. But I'm probably, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hopefully be able to play as well. Get roped um, in. <laughs> yeah, and I'll probably just play Prism again because Prism is yeah yeah, yeah why not why not <laughs> exactly yeah that's one of the, that's one of the things that that's what was one of my goals for this year is to try and get down to the um the game store more often and play mm -hmm. um skirmish season is probably that probably where I'm going to start showing my face a little bit more just because it's less you know less less pressure and it's more fun and it more variance I guess well yeah and and also mm -hmm. skirmish season isn't skirmish season that's a kind of a tongue twister. Isn't just Skirmish like season. uh blitz. You they could if your L just decides they can also do um like limited, right? So it could be outsiders mm. limited as well. Yeah. Oh definitely gonna partake in that, that's for sure. Yeah, man. I'm excited. Um uh speaking of outsiders as well, obviously Azalea's getting a reprint mm. in Outsiders, as we all know by now. So my, my week in Flesh and Blood has been releasing a video actually today, um, which I, which is the reason why I had to delay Go, uh, doing the pod until today so for people that are listening we're doing the podcast on sunday uh rather than saturday but it doesn't make a difference to people that are watching it's still going to come out on the same day um but yeah i did a little video recently uh which is called or titled brush up your azalea knowledge um so it's like a like a half an hour video about discussing azalea's intricacies you know as sort of interpreted by my mind so anyone that's uh, that's not familiar with how she works and all of her pieces and that can have a look and get familiar before Outsiders comes out. So I just thought I'd do that. Um, so go and check that out. Um, but apart from that, not really much going on in this uh, in this in this realm either. Really, uh, I've got a UPF match coming up, which I'm going to be playing Bravo in. Um, so I don't I don't yeah exactly. It's going to be very <laughs> strange. Uh, but I thought I've got a lot of I've got a lot of pieces for Bravo, um, so I'm just gonna just gonna give it a go. Probably some weird seismic surge list with Earthlaw bounty or something. Um, so yeah. Uh, so yeah, stay tuned for that as well. Yeah, but pro, pro tip: activate Bravo's healer ability and then play a card. That's how you. That's, <laughs> that's how you what play you need Bravo. to do. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Or swing Anathos. Um, yeah. I'm thinking about oh, I'm thinking about a Captain Bravo build. Like he's got Titan's Fist Ooh. and like rotten old buckler or something, like Captain America. <laughs> you can <laughs> I mean if, if you have the legendary one, you can do the legendary shield too. Uh, yeah. Rampart, Rampart. I would yeah. really like to do a Bravo list that's based around um the the big hammer 
and just oh, wait to get multiple action points. Yeah, man. So <laughs> yeah. you do um, uh, time snap potion sledge of Ambleheim. That that's that's yeah. some that's some old school tech, man. That's some Crucible of War era tech. And it's but it's so funny because it's just <laughs> randomly this huge hammer isn't a once per turn bam, action. Bam. It's just an action. <laughs> yeah, it's so uh, good. It's, you know it's one I of those I... things. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say I think I might actually try that instead because I do have all that stuff as well. Hell yeah, yeah. If yeah, you it's... have uh, Terra Sunder, definitely right run Terra Sunder because you can. Mm. Does Terra Sunder? Ooh, oh, okay. I'm very curious now. Does Terra Sunder just say the next one? Ooh, it's just the next one, right? It, it doesn't I think work. So yeah, it doesn't work for the whole turn. Surely not. Oh, that'd be ridiculous. Terra Sunder is also a magic card. You have to type in fast. Yeah, Terra Sunder. Beast Within uh, as well. No, there's a lot. I, I saw a Twitter thread. <laughs> that was a thread. It yeah, wasn't all of them. It's really funny because, <laughs> yeah. like, this is this is a, yeah, a little bit in the neck. weeds, but kind of not. Um, I did a, a booster box opening of Grand Archive, and there's a card in Grand Archive that kind of sounds like Dawnblade. It's called Drawn Blade, so it's like a, a drawn blade. And someone was like, "Yeah." Someone was like, "Drawn Blade, OMG," or something like that. And I'm like, <laughs> "It's it's kind. It, I don't know if it's a reference or not, but if it is, it's a cute little reference." But like literally, Flesh and Blood has many, many cards with the same name as Magic cards. Like, oh yeah, like oh gotcha. direct, Loads. direct. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a card called mm. Brainstorm that has art by a Magic artist. Like, it's actually very, yeah. very direct. That one's yeah. yeah, that one's Mark Pool, right? Like, yeah, yeah that's right. And he has done Brainstorm. I think Mark Pool did a promo, promo Brainstorm or something, like a Secret Lair or something. So he has done it. Oh. Um, yeah, hilarious. It's like index, like index as well, is basically the same yeah. card. Exactly the it, same. It actually effect. Is the same card. Yeah, yeah it actually. Is. Well, and, that, top five. And, opt, and that opt the mechanic in flesh and blood is basically opt. Well, it's it's scry it is. from magic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like, which I, I think is really funny. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. disparage the homages. So if other games want to do it too, if if other games want to homage to flesh and blood, I think that's super cool. And I think it actually shows a lot of legitimate legitimacy for flesh and blood as well. So anyway. Yeah. Ooh, one more yeah. small aside, just because I love talking about this. Um, from a uh, an editor standpoint, I know that James Jim from the Spike Feeders has mentioned that for Flesh and Blood, he loathes the fact that there is a warrior card called Singing Steel Blade oh. and a Rune Blade card called Singing Steel Singing, Blade. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's real close. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you gotta know what you're looking for. He is. He has mentioned that to me multiple times. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> they, I mean they obviously did that on purpose, right? Like it's oh, one yeah. of the, it's one of those things where like they, they had to have because it's like there's like a million other names they could have called Singeing Steel Blade, right? Like mm -hmm. they didn't have to call yeah. it Singeing Steel Blade. Could have called it like Fell yeah, Fire they Blade. Call or... it Steel Blade, yeah. yeah. But uh, no, great. I think there's it's there's that card, and then there's another card that has that same sort of thing going on, where um, mm. or I guess it would be a pair of cards, but I can't remember the other one off the top of my head. But I I'm like ninety percent sure there's another instance of that somewhere in Flesh and Blood. Mm. Well, if there's any audience out there listening or watching, you know, if you know what it is, then leave a comment in the section below as to what that yeah. is. Um, um, and just to follow up on the Terra Center thing, yeah, it is just your next Guardian attack this turn. Oh, imagine yeah. that guardian attacks this turn gain plus one and dominate and if it hits discard Ooh. two cards at well, random is that random or it's just put them on the bottom isn't it oh no that's Oakenold. Uh, Oak yeah. puts them on the bottom yeah terra sender yeah, yeah. is discard i think it's just two discard normal two. yeah yeah, yeah two twos, just, just discard two just two just, yeah only discard two and dominate so and dominate yeah. oh, geez hardly worth it 
Well, let's move swiftly on from discarding cards. Jesus, that was last week's <laughs> yeah. salty list. Anyway, yeah, right. um, so uh, so yeah, some 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 uh, some cracking news with regards to uh, with regards to uh, history pack two, um, yeah. and uh, and some history pack one blitz decks. But history pack two, first of all. Um, so uh, this is available from twenty fourth of February. Uh, so right around the corner. Very soon, yeah, man. It's like less than a month away. Yeah, um, and uh, you know what that means. You know, Outsiders is just after that as well. So it's it's all coming around very, very quickly for new cards, people. Very exciting mm-hmm. times. Um, and the great thing about this is, well, it's the uh, second year of uh, Flesh and Blood's history. Um, so, yeah, uh, the first one was obviously Welcome to Raid, Crucible, and Arcane Rising. This yep. one is Tales of Aria, um, Everfest, and what was the other one? Monarch. Um, Monarch, yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, it's going to feature all of those cards, similar to the other the other packs as well. It's going to be a load of different cards you can get, so it's always a nice feeling opening these packs, I felt. I've always enjoyed opening the history packs, the the original ones anyway, the yeah. English ones, because um, just because just the amount of stuff that you, that, you know, the variants that you get, it's just quite fun to open. Um, mm. And um, with these ones as well, uh, what was gonna say? just just a nice thing as well from uh, the variants of cards. It'll be nice to open. And also compared to the first history pack, these ones uh, will actually be in the paper wrappers, which physically to me are oh, yeah. so much better to open. Like they oh, just yeah. they oh, feel so much easier, more satisfying. So I'm really happy to see that, too. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest, man, like opening up other card games it's like, that with their like crappy like plastic wrappers, I'm like this. These suck, man. I want the paper yeah, ones does. again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so much easier, isn't it? it? Just literally just. I have like Dumb. I have my own way of opening it too. So I like when I open them, I open up like I do this like clean break along the along the seam, and it's like this nice perfect little thing, and it just kind of opens it up oh. like a little book. Oh, it's so nice. Yep. There's yeah, uh, there's a, a local player. Uh, shout out to Jay who has a, fle- a flesh and blood YouTube channel that he's creating. Um, he's doing nice. pack openings and uh, showcases on his altars, which are incredible. He's like a really really good artist. But he just did a um, he did like a, a, a thank you to flesh and blood sort of retrospective where he opened up three packs of every set except for uh, Dynasty because he just couldn't find any locally. And uh, yeah, he had the same exact comment when because he started with welcome to wraith and then just went up chronologically and he's yeah. like yeah these plastic packs in comparison suck <laughs> they are yeah. so yeah. bad and i don't so agree <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah there's like no downside actually that's not true the only downside of the paper packs is that some paper packs leave this weird glittery dust oh gotcha yeah. not all I've of them but, yeah. but some yeah. of them do and if you open up like a bunch of boxes like like i do when a new set comes out um You'll have like, you know, several cases where there's no glittery. And then you'll have one case where it's just like every pack just just glitter. <laughs> and then my whole play mat is just covered in it when I'm done. I'm like, what the hell? But the great thing about that is if if you snort the dust, it then allow <laughs> it then sort of it sort of transports you into like this psychedelical sort of wraith world. Uh, and you can all sort of relive the, the you know, the, the the adventures of the heroes of Wraith, yeah. which is nice. Make, it yeah. makes you better at your uh, next pro quest. It'll, it'll, uh, it, does. it also gives you better you pack luck. You pull more legendaries that way. Exactly. None of this yeah. is medical advice. <laughs> nope. It's spiritual <laughs> advice. But it's it's in there for a reason. You know, it's in there for a reason. The magical fairy dust as such. I, I think it's, um, I literally think it's just because uh, I've, I've looked at it. It's where they put like this metallic strip along along the pack. And I think sometime that metallic strip 
just i don't know like crumbles a lot easier when you rip it i don't know why mm -hmm. yeah but yeah. it's nice to see that they're doing this like as standard now going forward um yeah. because yeah it is a lot easier and it's a lot more economically friendly and you know easier for the consumer and all that sort of thing so nice to see that as well um and another thing i didn't notice until i actually looked at the uh the key art for this as well is um is obviously the history pack one as like the brown sort of cavernous the, the same sort of you know if you listen to this on spotify the same art that we use for the living yeah. legends podcast right yeah. um so there's a there's another there's another piece of art on there which is like it's uh so you can so it's all like brightened up there's like leaves and stuff uh, and i didn't realize that the like the sort of background there the sort of carvings on the wall as such are all the characters from the first the first two sets Welcome mm -hmm. to Wraith and Arcane Rising. I didn't notice that before. They're all like, um, it's like that unified decree art where they're all sort of putting their yeah. sword into into the ring. They're all, every single character there is sort of like unified in 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 the presence of this big godly being on the wall. So it just it just 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 gives me the impression like, uh, is there going to be a massive team up event with all of these heroes like oh. in the future? Okay, I, I don't want to <laughs> get too deep into this, but this is something that I've theorized for a while. Actually, actually, I, I theorized yeah. this ever since uh, Aria came out. Um, I'm, I'm once again, I'm not going to go too deep into this, but I suspect mm. that Flesh and Blood is setting up for an Avengers style event where all of the heroes from all of the main sets band together against the, uh, the the old gods or whatever they're called. Um, yeah. Because that's what they're all independently kind of doing. That's kind of like the overall narrative of all of the, the main sets is that mm. there's something to do with the old gods for some reason, right? So like for Monarch, Chain is trying to stop the old ones from coming back, and he believes that Solana is facilitating this whether they know it or not because um, they believe that Sol is one of the is one of the, the, the old the old gods. Um, yeah. And then we have for uh, Uprising, you know, you had you had the Uprising, but if you read into the lore, there was this voice that was talking to the Emperor beneath Mount Volcor, which is very, you know, implied to be an old one. And the Emperor, he's the Drakai of Aesir, which is what they're, one of the names that they call the old ones, the Aesir. Um, mm -hmm. And it was him quelling the old one, like making sure that it doesn't wake up. Um and now that yeah. he's dead, hmm, I don't know. Um, and then we mentioned, I mentioned in Outsiders, in our Outsiders deep dive, that there's that cult that is like causing catastrophes to prepare everyone for the coming of the Aesir. So I, I and then the, and like in Arya, the Aesir and the old ones are starting to wake up. And then Lexi and Oldham and Briar are going out on an adventure to seek out help for Arya to combat him. So I think all of these things are going to like combine. And then yeah. there's going to be like a big event with the Aesir and everyone's going to like battle together. It's going to be like, and it's going to be one of those situations I think where like, right now we see like Chain and the Shadow characters as like evil, but I think they're going to end up being on like the good side when they have to protect the entire world from these godly beings. Well, so I mean, yeah, they're all, they're all listed as heroes, aren't they? You know, yeah. they're yeah. all listed, they're all listed as heroes. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, just thought I'd bring that up because I'd never seen it before. And also, it's the original ones as well. It's Welcome to Wraith, Arcane Rising. So as we know in the Nourishing yeah. Emptiness picture, certain characters might die as well. And then, mm -hmm. you know, there, there could be uh, there could be obviously room for the the new all the new characters that are coming out to re uh, sort of replace them in the story if, this, if, you know, if it continues and all that sort of thing. Because yeah. uh, we all know that Nourishing Emptiness, you know, depicts some heroes dying, which are all the original ones as well, aren't they? 
Almost, yeah, there's some that, are, yeah, they, they're all from the first two sets, but they're not all there. So, like, Dash isn't there, for example. Um, no. And, and Viscera is not there, but, like, Dorothea and Katsu and Azalea and... They're all dead. Bravo, <laughs> Kano. Yeah, they all are getting killed or something. Yeah. Uh, Bravo's not really getting killed, um, it looks like he's arrested or something, but any, in any way, in any case. Looks like he's about to walk the plank. It's yeah. like he's about to be pushed into the water or something because he's so yeah. heavy and you know burly. He's just going to sink, isn't he? He's just yeah. pure Aryan muscle. Yeah, I, I always float. thought. Yeah, I always thought it looks like he's about to walk off a cliff or something. <laughs> yeah, all these uh, all the heroes are getting uh, murdered in these like outlandish and and gory ways, and Bravo's just like getting a slap on the wrist, like a speeding ticket or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. I, Ira literally has like a. Th- a sword through her back and like so does Dorinthia. She's like impaled. Katsu just has a bunch of arrows. Azalea's getting her like throat ripped out by like some demon things. Like Yeah. And then and, like uh, yeah. Bravo's I, just getting a ticket written up. Yeah, Bravo just has yeah. like his hands behind his back and he's just standing there. It's been detained, yeah. Bad Bravo. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> oh. Maybe maybe but, that was um, that was foreshadowing uh, oh. Starvo, right? They were oh. like bad Starvo. No. <laughs> you, you get you get living legend, yeah, uh, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I just, I thought, I, I just like, thought I'd bring that up. I do like the new key art. I, I actually really, really love how they uh, use the same art but like tweaked it just a little bit to make it kind of fresh. Yeah. I had assumned when they announced that they were going to be doing multiple history packs that it would literally just be the same art and they'd just be like history pack two. There you go. But I, I do like how they like swapped it up a bit, and it, it kind of feels more Aria esque, right? Um, mm. Yeah, so that's cool. I think more it. elemental and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, so um, shout out to MJ who probably did the art because I think she did the other one. So, yeah, um, all the box art and stuff. Yeah. Um, nice. Uh, um, so, uh, so yeah. Uh, moving on from that, we got oh, the uh, I, another more history pack stuff. Or carry on. I do want to mention <laughs> a couple thing, a couple of important things with history pack too, just in case folks haven't watched like my video on it, going deep into it. But there's a couple like important things. The first one is that it's in French, German, Italian, and Spanish. No English. Um, it's Black Border. So it's not released in English. It's a 536-card mm-hmm. set. It's a lot. It does mm, have yeah. three fables. So it does have the three fables from the sets that we talked about. Uh, we don't know if there's foils. It just doesn't say it. I got confirmation from a viewer uh, who's from Germany. They read the German thing. And they said it just doesn't mention it. I would suspect that the fables come in rainbow foil, just like they did for History Pack 1. Um, and there's no marvels. So unlike History Pack 1 Black Border, there are no marvels. So you you cannot get a marvel Lexi or Chain no. or Prism or whatever. So there, there's no marvels at all. Um, mm. So I think those are all really important things to note. Um, another thing to note that some people asked about, they're like, oh, why is there no English? Well, they actually said this a while ago, right? I can't remember if it was for Fab 2.0, but at one point they did say when they were releasing History Pack that they're going to push out History Pack 2 ahead of the English version because they believe that these places need it a lot more than the English market, which is true, right? We don't need yeah. we don't need more Aria. There's already, like, a ton of Aria, like, on the shelves um, yeah. and, and Monarch. So, like, yeah, we, we don't need this stuff. Uh, what I suspect is they'll wait a year or so until all the stuff is, like, you know, rotated out, it's all been consumed, and then they'll put it out so people who are new to Flesh and Blood at the time will have access to the cards. Uh, I think that's the idea for History Pack. History pack is to give people access to the cards because Flesh and Blood is a non-rotating game. Um, what was yeah. the other thing that I wanted to mention? Oh yeah, it's just really important that um, these communities get access to these cards that they mm-hmm. didn't have 
you know, otherwise. Just, just imagine it. I mean, imagine yourself living in France, right? And you don't speak English at all, but you love Flesh and Blood, and you are playing with History Pack 1, and you want to play with, with, like, the meta decks, which so happen to be a lot of Aria crap right now, right? Uh, like Oldham and Lexi. But you have to play with cards in a language that you don't speak or read? That sucks. Like, yeah. like imagine, would you, like, viewers out there, listeners, would you play a card game that you don't speak or read? I'm going to say like 99.9% of people are like, no, like yep. they're not going to try to memorize everything or use translators or something. It's just not what people do. Um, so this is really important. And those markets are like very important for the health of the game. So um, yeah, this is like a huge win for flesh and blood and hopefully the, the translations are good this time. Um, so yeah. 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 I'm interested to see if there's any sort of, large issues um like what was it it was uh grasp of the <laughs> arc knight was translated super weirdly the um, um white was it is a white rabbit studio was kind of telling us the story that they translated knight as in like not a soldier but like the time of yeah, day like night and day. it was like yeah <laughs> it was like arc knocked or, or something which is like arc nighttime which is like <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it was just just some interesting things I, I even with that i remember we were talking about it a lot i like the fact that they did j get it out and that they did yeah. um something for people who don't quite remember when it all came out that people were like hey this is translated really poorly like lss did say like do you want us to like to recall the product and destroy it and most of the people were like no we we want the cards in this language yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, even if yeah, the yeah. translation isn't perfect we just want them so yeah. hopefully they're they're taking that to heart which i do trust that they are doing and uh this one is going to have far fewer issues um yep. but um, yeah <laughs> yeah and I'll, I'll i'll let before i so rudely cut off ass to talk about that we can we can move on to the next topic which i think is also equally if not more important for those those markets uh, mm -hmm. yeah definitely yeah that's definitely worth mentioning yeah for sure um but um yeah i'll be i'll be interested to know as well like um how how people that didn't have mm. you know flesh and blood in their language how did they discover it because you know i imagine the stores out there you know will have what well, how did they how did they even start their journey if they didn't have stuff in their language i'd love to know yeah. how that process start, started for a lot of people something just occurred to me and this is something i did not think about in my video um for history pack 2 right are they going to print chain and prism even though they've mm -hmm. reached living legend i would assume yes yeah. because they need them for the living legend format which is probably going to mm -hmm. be kicking off soonish in the next year or two, um, mm -hmm. and so they'll need copies of those heroes and the specializations for there. So I guess like, I, I kind of answered my own question by just thinking about it, but I think it's interesting, yeah. just interesting to think about that they're going to be releasing a product with heroes that are currently like technically not legal, at least in classic instructed. Um, there's yeah. there's something else interesting to be said on that in that vein on that topic um the fact that the history pack blitz decks which i think mm. we're going to be getting into in yes. just a second here does mm. include viscerai who yes. is not legal in blitz currently yeah i have, um, I have, I have thoughts about that too yeah yeah just uh, a, just an interesting choice i i don't think it was a mistake oh, um no, i, don't I think just it think it's 
yeah, I just think it's interesting. I, I think it's weird a little bit, but I think there's two reasons for it. But we can talk to talk about that one when we yeah. get there. Yeah. Yeah, we're pretty we're, we're pretty much there. Yeah. So uh, obviously, this is released on the 24th of Feb as well at the same sort of time for history history pack one blitz decks uh and this includes um dorinthia bravo viscerai as we were just yeah. saying reinar dash and kano um that's in six, uh, in blitz deck form six new blitz decks that's that's crazy that's so much yeah um, uh, obviously um as, as we discussed in a previous podcast as well the other blitz decks that are coming in outsiders there's there's six there as well six well i think what's really interesting is that they're not only are there six other blitz decks coming out in outsiders, but it's the other heroes that aren't here from the other mm. sets. So we have Katsu and we have Azalea, which are missing yeah. from these, from the original um, eight heroes from the first two sets. And, you yeah. know, I can't help but think like, obviously this was very, very well planned out, right? They're like, okay, we're going to release <laughs> these heroes in outsiders. Cause they fit for outsiders. They're going to be in outsiders. And then we're going to put all of the other ones in history pack one as blitz decks or as history mm -hmm. pack one blitz decks um which is one of the reasons why i think they put viscerai here just for completion's mm. sake just to have the viscerai deck here because all of the other ones are getting it too right yeah um and the other reason is there's more formats than just blitz um there, there's also yeah, the ultimate exactly. pit fight and also whatever um whatever form um uh, pve is going to take so if, if pve is going to be released in several months or so down the line um, it'll be nice to have like a Viscerai deck that you can play for that if people want to play Viscerai for that. Um, yeah, and even the the article even says that as well. Raise play out the box. Blitz decks are crafted as an ideal product for kitchen table gaming. So the fact that yeah. they're using the the phrase kitchen table gaming also sort of gives you the hint that they are thinking about you know more casual kitchen table settings, whether that's uh, cooperative mm -hmm. mode or just. Yeah ultimate pit fight multiplayer just you know no no sort of pressure or anything the fact that they're saying that phrase you know is it you know has a lot of gravity i think to the kitchen table aspect i agree um i so i don't obviously i don't know what the deck lists are and i would like to do a review of these when they come out uh so this yeah. is saying this without knowing the lists but um just on a first glance i really really love this product and the idea because you could just mm -hmm. buy a sealed little brick of these and have like a, a a battle box just ready to go you have six different heroes um mm -hmm. people can just pick and choose like if you just wanted to have like a little flesh and blood board game almost then you just buy this and never buy any other flesh and blood product at all and probably have a really fun experience once again I don't actually know what the deck lists are so they might honk but assuming that they're like good <laughs> um like you have like a yeah. little battle box, which I think is super cool. Um, and then and the other thing I wanted to mention is uh, we know that Brian Gottlieb actually made these decks, um, who had has previously been here on the podcast because he said so on Twitter. He's like, "Hey, I made these. Mm -hmm. I made the lists for these." So that does give me some hope that the lists are going to be pretty solid uh, because on the podcast, or maybe I don't remember if it was on the podcast or on our like chat like after the podcast because we always have like a little chat afterwards. Um, yeah. But he, we were talking about how we thought the the current flesh and blood starter products were like fine, but they could there a lot of work could go into them to make them better. And he personally, mm -hmm. he said he personally thought the monarch decks were bad. Um, and you know, I could see yeah. that. I could see that. And uh, yeah, we definitely touched on it. We definitely we definitely touched yeah. on the starter experience. He did go into some of it, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's worth going. If you haven't listened to it, it's worth going back and have a listen to that. That was, that was a good one. Yeah, so, so the fact that yeah. he said that gives me a lot of hope that these are good. 
Um, I also yeah. hope this is just a, a TCG pet peeve of mine. I hope they have full play sets of all the cards in them. I just kind of, yeah. I think it sucks when they put like a one-off rare or something in the deck because first it just kind of sucks to just get a one-off. And then two, I think it teaches people bad deck building habits, like new players, bad deck building habits. Um, yeah. Like they should just I, have I like didn't... a competent deck. Just give them play sets of the cards. Like, yeah like yeah. what's the mm -hmm. what's the difference i do remember um my brother had the uh the bolton pre-con and it had one copy of v of the vanguard yeah what the hell why like, do you have one it's a it's a rare yeah, like v of the vanguard isn't even an expensive card like it, i would it like would it makes more sense it makes more sense to me from just like a you know just a product standpoint if it was like you know they only have one um what's that one majestic bolting blade i think the the four mm. cost that yeah. costs two less each time you've you've charged like for majestics if there's only one then okay like i can see that from just a card game standpoint but for rares like, <laughs> it, like yeah it's also secondary market is like eight cents if that you can get it for free <laughs> yeah i so yeah, that, that's like a, a big pet peeve of mine that some card games do, some card games don't. And every time a card game doesn't, I always uh, applaud that. They're like, hey, here's mm -hmm. a complete deck. You get a full place out of every single card in the deck. And I think that's smart because it, it's very consumer friendly because it doesn't incentivize people to buy multiple copies of the same deck. And so as a new yeah. player, you just buy it once and then you just have all the cards and you don't have to be like, oh, do I need to buy another one? Do I need to go to the secondary market? Like, is that not a is that not like a learning curve thing though? Is or is it not like sort of learning to appreciate that one card is obviously better than others, and you want to, you know, not not give them everything at once? Do you think is that a learning well, curve thing or? It it could be, but it could also teach bad habits where they're like, oh yeah, I just put one, yeah. I just put a bunch of one ofs in my deck, whereas like yeah. they should just start off on the right foot and be like, this is what a good deck looks like. You should build mm. decks that look like this. Um, yeah, like the the worst defender are, are old magic pre-cons but they'd be like one off mm. of just like everything where you're supposed to have like four of a kinds and it's just like the, the worst um yeah yeah so mm. i hope i hope the decks are good uh knowing brian gottlieb they're probably pretty good um and i'm very much looking forward to them and mm. I, we were talking about before the podcast i don't know if it made it in the the intro or not but between these and outsiders there's gonna be 12 decks dude 12 blitz yeah. decks in the span of like a couple months that is so yeah. many blitz decks. We're more than doubling the number of starter decks available to new players. And quite frankly, if they're like even like decent at all, I think it's probably going to be one of the absolute best times to start playing Flesh and Blood because you can look at these 12 freaking decks at your LGS and be like, oh, I like that hero. And you just buy whatever one that you like because you have like so many options. Like there's bound to be a hero that fits someone's aesthetic, like, you know, preferences. Oh, god, yeah. Like maybe you like Dorinthia, you know, oh, I like the art, the sword lady, or maybe you're like, oh, I like Reinar, the big the big orc dude, or whatever. Or maybe they yeah. like, you know, uh, Usuri or um, Azalea or Riptide. <laughs> they want the big chunky bloated, <laughs> the big bloated dude. <laughs> bloated. Give me the bloke with fish behind him. Yeah, that guy who probably smells like rotting fish. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah. But I think it's really yeah. smart. Um, at least for me, that's who I align with most, the closest, at least. <laughs> yeah, well, sort of, you know, sort of LGSs around the country, you know, multiple people, you know, smell and, you know, all sorts. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. But <laughs> but nobody that listens to this podcast, though, everybody that listens Absolutely to this not. podcast smells fantastic. Of Absolutely. Course, of Old course. Spice. Of course. Um, 
But I think it's really cool. It also reminds me very much. A lot of people, when Flesh and Blood first came out, they they've said it reminded them of like fighting games. And this is like the most fighting game it has ever been because you can have like this this roster of like these twelve decks, right? And it's like pick your fighter and you just pick it. I don't know. I think it's just exactly. Cool. I think it's cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm definitely gonna I'm definitely gonna get a um, I'm definitely gonna get whatever it's called the brick. So like yeah. the one of each. I'm definitely gonna get that. I'm also gonna get a brick of the outsiders as well for because yeah. I've, I've actually got as well um a stream coming up on my channel which is basically one of my old friends who played mtg is going to come on and just play with uh with um with with decks i'm going to have to make them because he's coming on before these were released but if i had these we would just pull these out and play with them yeah. um and uh yeah it's, it's, per- it's a perfect thing for that really as well yeah i agree um, um yeah yeah, uh, so these are sweet. They're all they're gonna be. We didn't talk about this, but they're gonna be released in all of the languages. So they're gonna be mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in the the four languages that we just talked about: um, Spanish, French, uh, German, and Italian. But they're also gonna be in English as well. So they're gonna be in in all the languages. Um, one interesting thing of note: it says they'll be released European territories February twenty fourth, and then rest of the world April seventh. So. I don't know if that means that like as will have access to these in English on the twenty fourth. <laughs> We're not part of Europe anymore. <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm very confused. I'm very confused on that. Like, uh, like if, if if as is gonna get them, and then like Bill and I have to wait, or like, I I don't know. It, it's like a little bit of a confusing wording on yeah. there. So we'll see. We'll see what we'll see what happens. Um, I think I think it does. I think it would include us as well in the uk i I think well We'll i I guess i guess my bigger question is like is it just a flat-out english release is until april 7th or is like when they say european territories do they just mean the non-english ones i I don't know i'm I'm very very curious Um, yeah because then like why why would they wait for the like the you know the western like the the america's release until april 7th if if english was already ready i don't know i don't Uh, know that's weird reference Maybe mm. they're just like, no, you got to wait. You get stuff early all the time. You have to wait now. Um, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, you, you get worlds. You, you get you get the world championships. Give Europe the blitz decks. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I also, I, I bet I bet Worlds is also going to be in the US again this year. So, I mean, that's fair. Absolutely. I, I know a lot of people yeah. are like, oh, it's, it might be in Europe. No, I'm, I'm pretty, I, I would bet, <laughs> I bet money it's going to be in the US again. It'll be in the um, US again. You'll see us there as well, I expect. Yeah. Hey, um, if it is in Europe, it gives me a cool, like a fun reason to go, like travel to Europe. I've never been there, so that would yeah. be cool. But yeah, also be but, a lot more expensive. That's the reason why I don't think it'll be in Europe. By the way, is because yeah, they, they have literally said before that they want it to be in the place that causes the least amount of travel for the least amount of people, or for the yeah. most amount of people, least amount of travel for the most amount of people. And the United States has the biggest player blade, player base for Flesh and Blood. Like hundred percent. That's just how it yeah. is. Um, so yeah. that's probably what they're going to do. They'll probably put it at a central area like uh, L.A. or Vegas or something again. But that's my guess. Oh, yeah, that'd be so sick. Yeah, Ooh, hey, baby. If it's West Coast, that makes it so easy for me. I know that's very selfish, but hey, for I had to travel to like New Jersey and Orlando, um, which is like the opposite side of the country. Man, it's like real far. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> that's just a side. Uh, off, off topic again. <laughs> History pack one, blitz decks. I think that's a big deal. Absolutely. W. That combined yeah, a big thumbs up. 
That combined with the History Pack 2 release, both at the same time, means that the European um, countries, or maybe not, not even just the European countries, but the, the communities that speak these languages, it's a huge win for them because they are almost all caught up with uh, Flesh and Blood. I mean, they'll have, yeah. the, they'll have starter decks, which is huge. These, these areas do not currently have any starter decks. So just having starter decks at all is like a huge, huge deal. And then being almost caught up with the rest of the Flesh and Blood is also a really big thing. So I, I expect Flesh and Blood as a whole, globally, to see like a decent tick in popularity after these come out. Like for sure. Because we, mm -hmm. we even, we knew, like we've seen the numbers that like the French community, for example, saw like a, a massive boost after History Pack 1 was, rele was released. Um, yeah. And that didn't even have starter decks. It was literally just a booster box where they had to cobble together their, their the stuff. And now that we're going to have like six new decks and then uh, outsiders is also going to be released simultaneously in all of these languages with their decks mm -hmm. um i think it's a really really big deal and then coupled with the announcement for uh, J japan support this year and then J japanese language cards next year um mm -hmm. i think these are all really really big and good signs for flesh and blood um in terms of the game's growth like globally so absolutely um, yeah i think it's really important and yeah, if they succeed with uh, other stuff this year, like PVE and some other for, uh, stuff that's coming out, like if Professor's product is really like a big hit, um, I think the game could see another massive spike in popularity. So I think that's like the ramific yeah. ramifications of all the stuff that we're talking about right now is like, it's good for people who are playing now, but I think it's even better for people who are not playing. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Yeah. But for the people that are playing... Uh, here's a segue for you. Uh, there's a couple of cards that have been uh, have been banned. That's a good segue. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's a good segue. <laughs> for the people that are playing. Um, so this was announced recently on the 24th, so uh, five days ago from Brian. Um, and this was this was <laughs> yeah. his. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I... This was his doing as well, right? Yeah. This so is his idea. This is. I think that's really funny because a lot of people are blaming him. And I'm like, he just he just wrote the article, man. Like he probably had some say in this, but he didn't have like the all all of the say in these are in these bands. Be all and end all. Like yes. Brian Gottlieb yeah. didn't like single handedly ban all of these cards. Uh, yeah. So it's just like one of those no, like except he he did. Yeah, I mean, of course he, he did. Of course he did. Yeah, it's like like don't don't shoot the messenger kind of thing, right? Uh, yeah. But I, I did like his article. I think he he wrote it up very well, and I I thought he hmm. wrote it in a way unique to him and in a way that they haven't we haven't really seen uh coming from the flesh and blood devs because i think you know he is a flesh and blood developer now but he also has that outside um perspective and he could be a little more blunt about things than james white for example who yeah it's more like for james obviously it's like more of his his baby right it's like it's his thing it's like flesh and blood's the thing that he staked his life on basically um, yeah, and Brian Gottlieb can be like, now nah, Arya is like a little overpowered, right? Like it's like <laughs> them maybe maybe, right. yeah. maybe been some like not great design decisions in in Arya. Yeah, um, it even says in the article as well that you know yeah. that's where the boundaries were pushed was you know Tales of Arya. Um, yeah. yeah, so Which I uh, definitely agree with. As, yeah, uh, it's it's really <laughs> funny because like no one thought Arya was like overpowered when it first came out. They're just like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. Like. Mm. Like other than other yeah. than Briar, everyone's like, "Yeah, Briar's kind of busted." But the funny thing is, it's like now everyone's like talking about Oldham and how like how busted Oldham is, and all the ice stuff is busted. Mm. So it turns out just like everything is kind of busted from from Arya, right? Like they had to errata yeah. Briar. They 
immediately banned um a card post release blade dusk blade <laughs> yeah like like we have ball uh, lightning from the set we have like so many cards uh, so many cards from uh from aria um so i think i saw a meme on twitter i think i saw a meme on twitter that just said you know there was a there was a there was an article that said we made a mistake and underneath that there was a dusk blade it, should, it just said we made a mistake tales of aria yeah <laughs> i it's uh, yeah it's an it's a really interesting thing because when you play the set like in sealed or, or draft it doesn't actually feel all that strong no like parts of it can feel kind of janky depending on what hero you end up with um yeah as in if you end up with not briar and or like the <laughs> only oldham if you're the only oldham in the draft then you're eating good but if there's like three oldhams they're all gonna be terrible yeah yeah but anyway bloody, um, bloody what's it what's it the big massive dominating red one, what's it called? Oh, oh a glacial footsteps. That's it. Yeah, oh, yeah. that yeah. one. Yeah, with all footies. That's a great one. Yeah. You also have you also um, have thump, pump the thump. There's some there's some fun cards, but I mean yeah, for me for me a, obviously uh, I just I just draft as many ball lightnings as I can. So who doesn't? Yeah. Ball lightnings and anything that has the word arcane damage on it. Mm, good to go. Absolutely. Yeah, we yeah, did absolutely. on the uh, on the spike feeders. We did a uh, like pack one pick one sort of thing um like youtube shorts mm -hmm. and uh basically every pack that i had that had a glacial footsteps didn't matter what else i picked i was like glacial footsteps <laughs> is crazy <laughs> it's, it's pretty good it's pretty good the, well the ones that i kept getting were blue how do you pass up a blue glacial footsteps <laughs> i'll tell you you, ta you take whatever color ball lightning is, is in the pack instead that's it yeah uh, true just, just take the ball lightning and then oh. And then make sure make sure you also take a mark of lightning so you can get him for two free damage with that. And yeah, it's good. Mm -hmm. Eating good. I mean, <laughs> as Briar, you just you just get Rosetta Thorn for free because like it it's a threat. And Rosetta Thorn is like at least minimum like majestic rarity in terms of power. So it's like you just get a free like insane weapon just to just to start. So speaking yeah. of insane weapons. Mm. <laughs> Mm. Oh yeah, so, so that was brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so uh, so some of the some of the bands here. There's that. There's there's two that are actually just outright banned, and then two that are suspended until Icelander becomes living legend. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, one that was just outright banned was Winter's Whale. Um, yes. So uh, this was um, was this on our salty list last we, week? We I mentioned oh. Winter's Whale, and that I think it's annoying because it's just they used to. Oldham used to be like block, 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 hammer, block, 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 hammer. Yeah. It's changed a little bit since then, but still, you know, that's, I just think it's not a fun card and no. it's, it's a little, it's a little overtuned. I didn't think, I honestly didn't think it would be banned. I'm very curious on your guys' opinion on this. I did not think Winter's Whale would get banned. I'm not sad to see it go at all because <laughs> it's no secret that I think Oldham is one of the least fun heroes in the game, especially to, to play against at least. Um, but well, I'm very curious to know your guys' take on on the Winter Well banning. I mean, personally, it feels like a two-handed weapon that you know Oldham can just use with a stupid shield if he wants. Well, not if he wants mm. that he will use that will also give you frostbites. Um, yeah, I I don't know. It just especially compared to I wanted to at one point play an Oldham deck that um didn't have anything to do I, no actually i think it was the it was the upf game 
where I played Starvo. I, I got to house rule Starvo as a as a as a player that I could do. Um, and yeah. I didn't want it to be a Starvo deck. I didn't care. I just needed access to Corsham and pick a card, any card. Oh, okay. Um, and then like some other random stuff. I think I also had um, I had the um, the lightning channel uh, thunderstep Thunder, channel thunderstep the the bad channel. yeah really yeah <laughs> the bad yeah. channel that nobody wanted but I just needed a source of go again that was also a lightning card and I was like cool um, yeah, and I was like, like okay well I don't want this to be an uh, like a like a starvo deck so I'm not going to use winter's whale and I instead had titan's fist with a a thing and then I was looking at it and I was like even if winter's whale isn't on. It is the active Titan's fist. Yeah. At its base. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah. Uh, like, so the, So the, why would you play anything else? <laughs> well, of mm. course, yeah. It's just like the de facto. It's just like strictly better for the most part. Yeah. Is it even just straight up strictly better? It's just it's really good. What I wanted to use with Starvo is uh double Winter's Whale, because you can use two for whatever reason. It's not like it's mm. just a one-handed. It's not like a you can have two. Um and so if you can give random go again, you can actually double double Winter's Whale, yeah. like, like Whack-A-Mole. So, so with Starvo, you could use Blink, you know, the zero cost gain and action point. Oh, so yeah. you could, you could yeah. like, whack, zero cost gain and action point, whack. Like, that's what I would like to do with Winter's Whale. Not stupid <laughs> turtle black, strats. Black, black, hammer. Yeah, black, 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 hammer. I just yeah. want to... I think one of the, I I think hammer, one of the main... Hammer. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, why not? Um... But I think one of the main one of the main sort of reasons it was banned is because it's, it has, it's, it has a massive article on it. But I think it's the fact that you can still, like, like as you said, block, 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 block with three cards, then just swing back with the hammer, pitching an ice to then come in for four with the disruption on their on their yeah. next turn. Yeah, it's too much. Which is the which is the the oppressive part of it, isn't it? Because that one, especially against aggro, uh, zero cost stuff, that one extra frostbite that they. You know, they could screw up their entire turn if they don't block, and aggro doesn't want to block. Yeah. yeah. So then they would so, have to block with at least two cards to not get the frostbite. Yeah. Yep. Which exactly. is just such an amount, like such a huge amount of tempo to to take from uh, just an a aggro weapon. deck. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It, it's so. it's one of the cards like um like tunic that um when you first mm. read it like as a new player you're like okay cool like same with tunic you're like okay I don't I don't understand why this card's like two hundred dollars. But the more mm -hmm. you play Flesh and Blood, the more you understand that cards that have incremental advantage are insane in this game, especially in an uh, ultimate fight, uh, in a class mm. constructed where the games do last for a long time. So these little tiny sources of incremental advantage are actually a big deal, which is why Tunic is played in a lot of decks because it gives you this incremental advantage over time. Um, yeah. Whereas, like you know, you know, one instance of an extra resource here or there, like you know, you're like, yeah, okay, but like if you can get it multiple times then it's very valuable. And this card is like very, very along the same lines, right? It gives you like this incremental advantage because it attacks for four. This is four is a really good break point. Like Bill said, it forces them to block with at least two cards or a card plus something else. So a, a card or, you know, plus an equipment or a defense reaction or something like that. Um, yeah. And then if it does hit, then it does, you know, have like this detrimental taxing effect. Um, and the fact that you yeah. can use it with a shield makes it, way better because like if they printed a weapon that was two-handed that did that you'd be like yeah okay like i could see that being a, a warrior weapon like an ice you know hypothetical ice warrior weapon that's like a oh, two-handed two like if it was a warrior weapon it would totally be two-handed like yeah yeah so 
Yeah, I, I get it. Um, and so like when you, when you read the article, which I, which I highly recommend if you haven't already, but, um, mm. that does, it, they, they explain it quite well. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people are surprised about it, but I haven't seen a lot of people who are like, that disagree that they're like, no, I don't, I don't think winter will is that, is that good or something like that. I think it's like, mm. yeah, I, I think it is very, very good. And uh, honestly, yeah. like, I don't think it's like that big of a hit to to Oldham either. I've also heard a lot of people talk about this. Um, whereas like, I mean, it is a hit, but I don't think it like makes Oldham terrible. Like, I think it just makes him like a little worse. No. Yeah. yeah it's just... I think it makes him a lot less consistent in how much he can, um, yeah. <laughs> disrupt the yeah. opponent. <laughs> In yeah. fact, I think it just makes him more annoying because it makes it so he can't kill you as quickly. So it's just like more grindy and annoying. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. His 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 crack the crack back of Winter's well is too efficient for what he wants to do anyway. So he wants to block all the time, and then the one pitching one card to swing back for a four that can disrupt their next turn, especially if they're zero cost. Go again attacks is taking away too much value for 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 the fact that they've blocked loads of cards and then swinging back of just one mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. is too is too I, good i think i think but, um while we're talking about this we should also talk about crown of seeds because they do talk about crown of seeds and i, I think talking yep. about these two together is very important because crown of seeds is the other card that people were like expecting to see at least maybe get touched upon because they're like you know it's one of the cards that enables Oldham to be as good as he is. Um, yeah. And they did talk about it, which I think is actually really interesting. They talked about a card that is not getting banned. So Crown of Seeds is not banned. Um, well, not in CC. It is banned in, in Blitz. But um, mm-hmm. I, I find it very interesting that I think one of the, the, the more important parts about this is that I'm going to read this part just because I, th- I found it very, very interesting. It says... We recognize what the legendary acquisition process means to a flesh and blood player. Many of us at LSS still look back fondly on the first legendary we ever opened from a pack. I think mine was mine was a tunic, actually. Um, mm. And we use them in our decks happily and proudly, taking every opportunity to share the card's history with our opponents. Um, we take the bond between a player and the legendary seriously. That is not to say we will never ban a legendary card. We will always do what is best for the health of the game when it comes to banned and suspended announcements, but we will exercise a greater degree of caution when it comes to legendary bans, and we absolutely view them as a last resort. I think it's one of the most important parts about this Crown of Seeds little bit is that that part, where they, they acknowledge kind of like just the value of legendary cards and how difficult they are to obtain and how, how much they're worth like monetarily. Um, yeah. And I think this is smart and not smart from like a investor, you know, collector standpoint, but from a player standpoint for someone who gets their legendary, they spend a hundred plus bucks on it. Um, it's nice to know that they are going to operate with a degree of restraint and not just ban people's hundred dollar cards out of nowhere because I've been there as a as an old Magic player, um, you know. Before I went full time for Flesh and Blood, and now I just own like a, a million cards. But I know how I know what it's like to have like your deck. And if you have like your deck and you spent a hundred dollars, um, you know, on a card instead of like I don't know food or something, like, <laughs> and then that card gets banned out of like the only thing that you played. That sucks, man. Like that yeah, really yeah. that really sucks. So. I really like this. Um, yeah, yeah, I uh, 
my my experience for it is not only from magic but also from uh, the good old days of Yu-Gi-Oh Ooh. where uh <laughs> cards in Yu-Gi-Oh would get reprinted with such ferocity. Oh yeah. That hey you like you you would spend, you know, it, it wasn't even that much but as a kid, you know, like spending 30 bucks per card for three cards yeah man like that's a significant investment and then the next week it gets reprinted in like a collector's tin and you can get them for five cents oh, oh. Yeah. i i <laughs> remember like garbage yep i remember when Yu Gi Oh first came out and we had um my brother and i got like this is legend of blue eyes metal raiders this is some old school shit oh. and like i still have them too so I, I have an ultra rare change of heart i have a super rare uh, dark hole and then they like reprinted them all at common rarity mm-hmm. in like starter decks like and at the time they were worth like 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 a decent amount too like not specifically change of heart because i think that one was originally one but like regeki and mirror force mm-hmm. like those are like and um magic cylinder and all those like all those cards and then they're just like print them at, at like common rarity um and we would joke like because we played magic at the time too we would joke that's like that's like printing wrath of god for you know in a starter deck Literally, what it yeah. was for like Dark Holes, like reprinting Wrath of God in a starter deck. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was just a miserable experience every time that that happened. Um, so I'm honestly glad to hear blush or to hear LSS say that to say like we yeah. respect that cards like have just weight to people, you know, like yeah, that you can uh, like you went all through all the trouble of getting this card for a deck that ostensibly you like to play. So if we ban this card, like it does have an impact and we don't want that to happen. We don't want that to be something that we open up our players to. So I I really respect that decision. And and I know that that there might be people out there who might take that the wrong way. We still like, I think, I think it's safe to say all three of us still want cards to be like available to players and like to be like reprinted and that kind of stuff. But we don't want Tunic, to be reprinted in like a starter deck right like i i think that's a little too far um yeah like i, I don't want tunic to be 200 dollars. i'd be fine no. if it was 50 dollars. but yeah. like i was saying yeah. like for people who aren't as um enfranchised as we are as invested as we are like even spending 50 dollars on a single card is a lot and i yeah. totally get that and i yeah. respect that so much so I don't know. The yeah, the mean, other like, thing that sort of opens that that gets opened up to that is if they did reprint tunic in a starter deck, then everybody would buy it up and try to resell it. Like it doesn't <laughs> yeah. end up helping people all that much in in some like, situations. Like there is a, a line to walk for and that. Like also as someone who has played games where the cards are almost worthless, it kind of, it's just not fun to open up product when all the cards are worth like nothing. It just that's just how yeah. it is. I don't know. Like and to, um, to go along with Bill, what Bill said, yeah, like Tunic at 50 bucks, like uh, Command and Conquer at like 20. I'd be happy with that. And that's yeah. me, someone who owns a playset of first edition Command and Conquers. I own a playset of Alpha E-Strikes. If they were like $15, 20 bucks, like, what do I care? Like, that, that just makes it more accessible for players who want to actually go out and buy the cards and play the game. Um, yeah. yeah. So we are. I, we are I genuinely don't think that most of these cards should be even remotely as expensive. At least not the like. Obviously, Flesh and Blood knows what they're doing when they have all these like fancy, shiny, cold foil versions of things. Yeah. I'm okay with those being money because that's kind of yeah. the point of them. Yeah, yeah, it's to sure. it's yeah. to 
have something to work towards to collect like like you were saying having something where you open something up and you're like oh my god this is worth yeah like x amount of dollars like, uh, marvel tomaltai versus like regular non-foil tomaltai right like yeah. what one's mm -hmm. like three dollars the other's like 150 bucks right like that's yeah i like i like that because like if you just want to play the tomaltai cool. or whatever whatever you buy like the three dollar one but if you want like the fancy cool mm -hmm. one you go you could spend 150 mm -hmm. bucks on it um, yeah. Like that, I'm more okay with when there are these expensive cards, like you know, Marvel um, Construct Nitro Mechanoid is yeah. still like 200 bucks or something. Um, even though I think it's been kind of shown just in general, at least locally, there's a player that was trying to play the deck. It doesn't work that well. The card is not 200 200 dollars, 250 dollars right. good. Yeah. But it's a version of the card that is hard to get, and therefore it is expensive because I, of that. But I, there are cheaper versions that you can still use. I also mm -hmm. want to note. Like I also want to note too that it's not entirely because of the rarity, because I, I I see this a lot in comments too. They're like, "Oh, I wish the the legendaries are more frequent to drive the price down." It's a lot mm -hmm. of it is actually playability because we do have legendaries mm -hmm. that are like like twenty bucks, right? Like not yeah. every legendary from history. Pack, <laughs> I mean emperor like like yeah like we have legendaries in like history pack one for example like like uh scab skins like that kind of stuff that are, mm -hmm. that are like like 30 to 40 bucks the reason that tunic is expensive is it's not more rare than scab skins it's just more playable like it's just you know goes in more decks generically better yeah yeah so yeah i don't know it's uh a lot of the it's, price it's, it's amusing is because playability at least for yeah. to some degree. People will say like, oh, I wish that legendaries were, were more frequent so that they were worth less. But then also there are people complaining about how the Emperor isn't worth anything, how the Spirit of Irina isn't worth anything. Like, you there's know, a, it, it's... There's a delicate balance for sure. Because, you yeah. know, we all know, friend, we all know people who are friends who, like, own card shops. Like, there's Jim from FanPCG Cards that we somehow mention every single week. Hey, Jim. Um, Absolutely. But, like... I know, like, for him, opening boxes can be rough sometimes if, like, the value's not there. And then he's, like, you know, disincentivized to actually sell cards to people if there's no point in opening the boxes to sell the cards. Um, so there's, there's, a, there's a fine balance there between, like, the price of cards and then, like, you know, accessibility and, and all, all this kind of stuff. Um, I think, I think Flesh and Blood is with Fab 2.0 is working towards it better because if you look at legendary prices just in general, um, it does seem that like the lower shininess versions of them seem to be much cheaper, whereas like the, the cold foil ones tend to be a little bit more expensive. Um, there are obviously some that just are expensive no matter what. So like from Dynasty, the Black Tech Whispers were like, you know, over a hundred bucks no matter which one you got, like foil or cold foil. Um, but I think I think it's a it's a move in the in the right direction, um, yeah. And the fact that you yeah. can still get some legendaries for dirt cheap is pretty good. Well, get them while you can. Get them while you can. It, it could be pretty mm -hmm. good. I don't know. It's like, eh, yeah, hey. it depends. Um, I've seen though. So um, I remember watching the uh, Fluke and Box video, and he was like, just get your emperors, you know, get them, get them while, while they're cheap, because all it takes is for, you know, a ridiculous warrior or wizard action to come out, which makes him ridiculously good. So just get, just get them while you can. If there are legendaries that you're missing, just pick them up if they're, if they're low. Yeah. Just get them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, I, I try to just get a full play set of all the cards every single set, just so I can do stuff for videos and, and whatever. 
But there are some yeah. times where I look at legendaries and if they're like super cheap, I'm just like, maybe I'll just buy a couple. <laughs> like, like exactly. Maybe I'll just get some. I, I kind of regret not buying more uh, Skullbone cross wraps when they were like twenty bucks. I was like, I was like, maybe <laughs> I'll just spend a hundred dollars and just just buy like five of these stupid things. And so I just have like a binder yeah. page full of Skullbone cross wraps. I'm just like, Skullbones. Yeah. Look at, look at all my Skullbones. Look at all these Skullbones. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, I, I doubt it'll ever be that cheap, but if uh, Mask of Momentum, it was ever like 20 bucks, I would buy a shitload of them because I love that card. Oh, 100%. I, I love the art yeah. of that card so much. Um, I, would, yeah. I would definitely want a binder page full of Mask of Momentums, but they're too good. They'll never be. <laughs> even, if, yeah. even if Ninja sucks, it's still going to be like a decently priced <laughs> card. Mm. Um, but... Um, uh... Anyway, we we have more bands to talk about. We have more bands. Oh, yeah. To talk yeah, yeah. About. Uh, that was the crowd. Yeah, we, we, we won't go into. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we won't go into them too much. I mean, uh, obviously, Belittle was one that was banned as well, uh, and I think this is just it's just skewing the resource system, isn't it? Because you can basically tutor up a blue. Is that is that how it works? I haven't played it yeah. myself. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's um, Belittle and Minoism. So what it is is Belittle. You attack with Belittle. I believe it costs one to play. Uh, has an attack of three or four for the red. Three, uh, yeah, three, three um, and then two, and then one, yeah. And then you have to reveal a card that costs or that has an attack of. Two. Oh man, I need to look this up. This this shows that I don't play the <laughs> little all that much. You reveal a card from your hand, and if you re- you fulfill the requirements, you go and search for um, a copy of Minoism. Minoism. Um, and people yeah. almost always go and search for a copy of uh, Blue Minoism. So you basically get a free three pitch in your hand, which is really really nice. And so by having this kind of package in your deck, you're able to kind of like be really greedy with your deck building and not put as many blues in your deck because you have like this guaranteed tutor. Um, And you can, it also enables like these really, really gross go wide turns where you can just um, go really, really wide and don't have to worry about the resources because you get them for free. Um, Yeah, that's that's exactly, that's exactly what the pretty much the article sums it up is the fact that it skews the resource system where you can just get that consistent blue what you need to just do degenerate stuff with it. Yeah, so, Um, yeah, okay, yeah, so, so, just so people know, if you're just listening, you're like, oh, what what does Belittle do again? Uh, So if you're like me and don't actually play these degenerate decks. um, Absolutely. So it costs one, blocks for two, tax for three, this is red, has to go again. Um, as additional cost, you can reveal an attack action card with three or less base attack, and then if you do, you go search for Minoism, and then you reveal it, put it in your hand. Um, yeah, it, it's like it's like drawing a card, but you always draw a blue, which is like ki- kind of mm. crazy when you think about it that way, right? So, like, think about another card that's like considered to be like one of the best stat wise in Flesh and Blood, and that would be like Snatch, right? Zero for four on hit draw card, no go again. Mm-hmm. This is a one for three with guaranteed with, with guaranteed go again with a guaranteed draw regardless of what it does if it hits or not you always get a draw um yeah so it, yeah. It, it's a very good card um what's, what's really funny is like this card when it first came out was never like like when Mo- it's from monarch was never like a huge thing and it was part of this weird little cycle it was part of like this 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 like like dwarf character cycle that had stubby hammers <laughs> minoism and um and belittle and it's just like, kind of like this cheeky little cute thing. And everyone's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. And then, like, they're like, oh, Stubby Hammers is actually kind of gross. We need to ban that. And then people are like, oh, yeah, actually, Belittle and Minimalism are actually kind of gross. We need to ban that. Yeah. So it's funny that like, this like one-off little cycle from, from Monarch turned out to be like such a problem. 
Because I remember when mm-hmm. I remember when people were, were like talking about this when when it first came out, like it wasn't a big deal at all. Like no one, no, like Chain at the time yeah. didn't even run it. Um, yeah, it's weird. But when I played Chain, I loved the minim- minimalism package. There were there was discussion about whether to even play the minim- minimalism package back when I was doing it, which wasn't all that long ago. Like maybe last year at some point, but. Um, I always felt like it was crazy, like it was so good. And then you also got to play that one from uh, Everfest, the one that the the attack that gets plus like three or four if you've made an aura this turn. Um, oh, um, I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, that one was super good because the blue one was base attack two, so you could reveal it to belittle. And I was like, yes, <laughs> combo. <laughs> yeah. Like- it's crazy because, like, I remember for the first calling that I did coverage for was calling Vegas, and the the finals was a chain versus Prism. It was Tyler Horsepool playing Prism versus mm-hmm. was it Sebastian Cavallo? There's someone playing Chain, and that oh, yeah. Chain, no belittle minimalism. And I guess at the mm-hmm. time they didn't need it because they had like you know Seeds of Agony and all that crap. Um, yeah, but it, it's funny how like perspective and opinions on cards changes as more sets come out um because like right now i know there's some discussion about like dynasty being like an underpowered set or whatever because it doesn't have any Mm -hmm. cards that break the game that are like that make new busted things they're all like kind of like side grades like a lot of stuff from dynasty are just kind of like these little side tangent things and i I swear to God, like, give it two more sets and there's going to be a bunch of busted crap from, from Dynasty. That's the thing, isn't it? It's just like, because Flesh and Blood's in a, a quote-unquote eternal format, you know, mm-hmm. it's there's always going to be these cards that at the moment aren't great, but then it, all it takes is for one new hero to come out or one new cycle to come out, and then suddenly you look back at the other cards because it's yeah. eternal, and you think, oh, yeah, this is ridiculous now. And obviously the Flesh and Blood minds, the meta heads out there, will figure these things out like belittle minimalism um Um, there's a a classic example from flesh and blood of a card a little little card that people uh (laughs) couldn't play for the longest time and then became unbelievably busted called lion's eye diamond oh from Uh, led i remember when led was bulk there's a bulk card that people had for like a dollar in like your bulk bins because it was like this crappy stupid bad lotus and then people are like oh wait (laughs) oh wait maybe it's just the lotus oh wait they uh, they printed cards with the mechanic Hellbent, which give you additional effects whether or not if you have no cards in your hand. Um, and LED just happens to be a really good way to get all the cards out of your it, hand. It also just happens to be a zero cost mana rock in Storm decks where who cares because yep. you're going to stack it. So you're going to draw some cards anyway. So it doesn't matter. And like, yeah, it's 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 a gross card. Um, yeah, I, I remember when yeah. LED was oh. like like not worth anything uh, it's i think it's a so classic it doesn't take much it doesn't take much for for cards that were previously not good to become busted overnight i, th- I think it's the classic uh poster child of a card that has a weird interesting effect that one day could become big and i always think about cards like that um especially when i when my funds were much more uh, constricted in regards to card games um, where oh, yeah. I, you know, didn't have a big budget to spend on on cards and that kind of stuff. So I would always look for these kind of like corner case cards that were worth like nothing, and I'd always like scoop up um, like a bunch of them because I was like, you know, if this card ever spiked, I would regret like not having a copy of it. Um, There's another magic card that had a similar story, also that was used in Storm, 
that I played in this janky burn deck um, called Pyromancer's Ascension. And it's just a card mm. that the more you play cards with the same name, it gets counters. And when it has a certain number of counters, you double all your spells, basically. Um, and um, I was like, this would be fun for a burn deck. Like, I played it for, like, doubling my lightning bolts and my kin <laughs> Kindles, if it, people know what Kindle is from uh, Tempest. Um, but no, people play it in... in um, they played in Storm. Like, Pyromancer Storm was the thing for a while. Um, and I remember buying that card for, like, 50 cents. Like, from Troll and Toad or some other website back in, like, a long, long time ago, man. When there was only, like, two two or three, like, stores that sold Magic Online. Um, so I think about that for Flesh and Blood. So, for example, I'd like to, to tie this in for Flesh and Blood. Um, Exude Confidence, uh, I saw it was, like, $2. And I'm like, I love this card. And I think it's cool. And I bought like twelve of them. For, they're like two dollars. So I'm just like I'm just yep. I'm just gonna buy a bunch of these because they're cool. Um, so I don't know if it'll ever be worth anything more than that, but I like it and I think it has a cool effect. And um, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's what I mean. It's worth it's worth just getting like getting like a copies of everything really because you never know when it's going to be really good and you've got a playset already. Um, mm -hmm. But um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, so that's Blittle, uh, and then uh, there's two cards that were suspended because of Icelander, essentially. Um, yeah. Amulet of Ice and Hypothermia. Uh, so shame Amulet of Ice is now unavailable in Lexi, I'm so Lexi just sad. seems to be like a, yeah. like a uh, catching all the strays, as usual. Uh, banning, <laughs> bannings just affecting Lexi as well. Uh, but we've got Amulet of Ice and Hypothermia. So Hypothermia uh, is the one that stops Go again. So the fact that she can basically play that out of her arsenal and just stop a massive turn at instant speed from aggro decks is just pretty horrendous. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's not very nice at all. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, like hypothermia is, yeah, it, it's, it's one of those cards where like it shuts down a lot of shenanigans, but it feels bad when it does it. Like, so it's one of those things where, like, the aggro player is like, I'm going to do all the stuff. I have all this setup. I put my arsenal in my thing. I'm getting ready for a big exactly. turn. And they're just like, hypothermia from arsenal. Get wrecked. Get wrecked, nerd. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, that's basically, they're just like, get, get wrecked, nerd. Um, and a frostbite and a frostbite to boot as well. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. kind of crazy. A Amulet mm. of Ice is one of the ones where I was like, like I mentioned at the top of the show, I was like, hey, I was going to make a Lexi deck. Um, and I was yeah. like, well, Amulet of Ice might get hit, or something might get hit, Channel Lake Frigid, something might get hit, so I'm going to hold off on doing the deck tech. And turns out, I'm glad that I did, because Amulet of Ice was definitely a three of in, in like the meta Ice Lexi CC deck, um, which sucks for Lexi, because Lexi is like, you know, I know a lot of people don't like playing against Ice Lexi, or just Ice in general, but she was not like, you know, winning a lot of events, maybe one here or there, getting in the top eight or so. But Le Lexi was not yeah. like a big offender, and so she's just taking hits for the sins of <laughs> for the sins of Icelander and and Olden, um, for the other ice classes, basically. Who so knew that being able to play ice things on your opponent's turn with an upside of playing it on your opponent's turn as well would be difficult to uh, difficult to balance? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I feel you, Lexi, Lexi fans out there. I mean, Lexi is like one of my favorite heroes. So, uh, I mean, I'm not a huge fan yeah. of like the ice strategy in general. Well, I mean, I, I don't mind it. Um, I like aggro more, but still, it always sucks 
uh, when a poor ranger gets gets hit for the you know sins of other sins of other heroes. So absolutely, yeah. So yeah, um, we'll see. Uh, they they these two are suspended, right? Just until Icelander hits Living Legend. Um, yeah. So you know when whenever Icelander hits Living Legend, maybe maybe Lexi will be able to run these again. Um, yeah. But it's not too bad. Like I think. For Lexi in particular, you can run other cards. Like um, I was thinking about uh, Weave Ice. There's a bunch of other like blue ice cards you can put in instead mm-hmm. that aren't quite as good. Um, but I thought Weave Ice was just was just elemental. It's an ice or card. I was of Weave oh, Ice is, is the one. It's like uh, yes. for the blue. It's like it gives plus one, and then if you fuse, then it, your thing gets dominate. Your next thing gets dominate. Yeah, yeah. Which is actually or it's, oh, it's okay. the, the next the next attack that you fuse gains dominate. Yeah, I think, uh, oh, okay. which is like pretty good because what you want to do in Ice Lexi is you want to leverage those really, really strong and annoying on hit effects, the on hit fusions, and then you want to activate your stupid uh, the shock charmers to get the extra ping. So you get two instances of the on hits because um, oh, it's wow, not it's not cool. on hit. It's like when it deals damage. So like, yeah, so you can make them discard two cards or give them multiple frostbites or whatever. That's, that's kind of what the point of that is. So giving it dominate is actually not bad. Um, so, that's cool it, it's an option it, it, it's an option um nice. but uh yeah yeah that's uh, pretty much it though really um mm-hmm. obviously uh band is suspended happens every now and again that's what we've had so far um but yeah that's um that's pretty much all we've uh all we've got today isn't it yeah um yep there's i say i say i say all we've got we've been we've been at it for about two hours again haven't we it's like a, it's like an hour and a half <laughs> there that was it? Oh, yeah, that. yeah. So there, there were no no other bands in Blitz or any other formats. It was just CC. Um, and the That's next right, yeah. the next band and suspended announcement is on March twentieth. So actually, just not not that far away. Um, just before Outsiders, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's it's a really interesting. It's gonna be a really interesting like month or so because like we just had these bands and we're about to have a brand new set. So the 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 competitive meta is gonna be different for just like. I don't know, like a month and a half or something. And then we're going to have a, yeah. a, a new set and literally every single flesh and blood set, maybe not counting dynasty all that much has shaken things up drastically. So mm-hmm. I imagine that this would also shake up things drastically. Nin- Ninja is already pretty good. So I have a feeling that Ninja is still going to be like quite good. Um, Cause we're going to yeah. get a bunch of new Ninja crap. Um, maybe Ranger is going to be gross. Maybe Lexi, Lexi's kind of like on the fringe of being pretty decent. Maybe all this new generic, um, you know, uh, Ranger stuff is going to make Ranger very good. Maybe my my hopes is that Assassin is just going to be busted and everyone's just going to be crying because because <laughs> Assassin is so good. We'll see. That's my hope. This is my yeah. this is my uh, kind of evil hope is that Ranger and Assassin are so good from Outsiders that everyone's like crying because like their guardians aren't as good anymore or something oh that's gonna be nice oh, yeah oh, oh gonna eat, somebody eating uh, good. Commented on our last video the salty video uh being like next year the the salty card on everybody's list is going to be surgical extraction yeah um, surgical's oh, pretty yeah. good like it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be like red in the ledger surgical extraction all of these like nasty on hit effects from these classes that that we all <laughs> we all hear like um yeah um, and I, I'm here for it. 
I'm, I'm totally here for it too. It's going to be sweet. I just can't wait till, yeah, I just can't wait till like, you know, the, the best players in the world are starting to think, oh yeah, do I take Azalea because she's like the most consistent now? <laughs> just, I just can't wait for it. Uh, all these people that were like, oh yeah, she's so rubbish. Like, so like, here's, here's the thing, right? Belittle just got banned because it had a really gross tutor effect. What's another really gross tutor effect? Knock the death whistle. So like, Absolutely, yeah. I'm just saying, just saying, like, it's not quite the same because obviously like, uh, you know, belittle, like you get it into your hand and yada, yada, yada. But still you can go tutor for some gross arrows. And if they print even more gross arrows, then yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to it. Who knows? Maybe they, maybe they're still like holding back and like Ranger and Assassin are still like, you know, not that great. And then you know, ninja's probably still going to be great because ninja. Ninja, yeah. Ninja's good. Yeah. Um, that that could be the case, and then I'll be very sad. We'll be very sad. I'm I'm really hoping. I'm really hoping that's like good. I'm really hoping. Yeah. But I think a lot of the I thought I think a lot of the ninja stuff's going to play into Katsu rather than anything else like fire or anything, isn't it? Like there's, more combo cards, and then Benji. maybe. Benji. Benji stuff as well. Yeah. Benji unblockables. I'm I'm actually kind um, I'm actually kind of like really afraid of Benji and Blitz because like because like Benji's already on the fringe of being like super gross. Like yeah, he is it's gross. Just about the quality of cards that he has access to. His yeah, ability yeah. is very strong. Yeah, it's like it's um, I'm very curious to see, man, because like he's on the fringe of being on my like most unfun heroes to play against because like <laughs> the, the criteria for this like the big criteria for me personally for unfun is heroes that don't let the opponent interact right and so that's yeah. that's my criteria so kano um uh olden yeah, yeah. um uh reinar so those are like some of my like big offenders where they're like reinar just intimidates your whole hand and then you just you can't interact with it you're just not yeah. playing you're just not playing the you game. just die <laughs> yeah. you can block maybe with some armor or something if you still have it but and then same with like kano if the kano player plays it right then they can make it so that you almost just can't interact with them um other than like oh i pitch three to prevent three or something you know um and so benji is on it's he's he's close he's close to that where it's like you can't block the you know eat it nerd yeah. <laughs> like, <Eat it. laughs> he, he's, he's one of those when when benji was like like pretty good in blitz i had to like actually as someone who plays a lot of blitz like always have like a benji package in my equipment suite so i just don't get like high rolled by benji and lose out of nowhere because that could happen yeah. like if you don't have armor that blocks good, good luck like see you later you're just yeah. gonna get like you could just get absolutely dunked if they can draw like a million cards off of spring tidings. Um, so yeah. So we'll see Benji. Benji's on the watch list of my, my, my (laughs) least, least fun heroes to play though. I will say this, at least he kills you. Whereas Oldham Mm -hmm. makes you sit through it. Um, exactly. So that's, that's, that's why Oldham's on the list too, man. It's just like, (laughs) It's 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 just like playing against someone's like nah, it's the, it's it's like it's like he's holding his hand out to like the 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 kid's forehead and the kid's like trying to punch him and he's just holding his yeah, hand out. Yeah, he just can't reach. Yeah, exactly. That's that's Olim for like sixty minutes, like for like an hour. That's what it is. 
So yeah, you get the occasional sort of the occasional sort of clip, but it's just not doing anything against him. Yeah. yeah. Like I was uh I don't know, for Benji, one of the things I remember I mentioned to you guys when I, I decided to play Tiger Benji at uh my locals, I uh the the way that Benji plays it's almost like you accidentally kill your opponent because I, I didn't feel like I was doing anything. I was like, okay, I'm going to play this and then I'm going to play this and play this. And then I was like, yeah, and then I guess I'll play this. And my opponent's like, all right, I'm dead. Good game. I was like, I'm a, a what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that fits in with the flavor of the character as well. It's just, he's just a kid, you know, he's just trying to poke yeah. someone with these Zephyr needles and suddenly <laughs> they're dead. <laughs> I, he's still stabbing them. He's like, I, oh shit. I was going to say, I, killed someone. I was actually going to use that word exactly. I, I can see other heroes in Wraith describing Benji as a little shit. They're like, oh, you little yeah. shit. You little shit. And he's like, stop it. You little shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so oh, Brilliant. Yeah. I, I really am curious about the design of Outsiders because of like these Blitz decks now too. Because we have all these Blitz decks and then we have the like the remainder Blitz decks coming out outsiders like azalea and katsu if it, it just feels mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very interested on like what happened first like if they're like oh we're gonna do outsiders with these heroes and then oh we can put the rest of them in history pack one for blitz decks or if, like what what thing happened first that's just maybe it's just me but i find that kind of stuff interesting like the design um not philosophy but like the routes that were taken to get to the yeah. where we are with with the products um, because I know mm. for Flesh and Blood, and we know because Brian Gottlieb was was on the podcast talking about this, it's not like Magic where, traditionally speaking, Magic design sets like many, many years ahead and like in advance. Like that's just kind of a known thing that uh, Mark Rosewater's talked about. Um, I used to listen to his podcast a lot because I just like, li- I, I like listening to game design. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, Flesh and Blood's not like that. They design like, months in advance not years in advance because we know that brian gottlieb had only started working with with like flesh and blood like several months before um a dynasty came out right and we know he worked on cards in dynasty so that means like if you take those two things together that they only work on the sets only several months before that sets come out um i like this I think it's dangerous, but I also like this to some degree because they can be flexible with it, right? So they, yeah, they're yeah. actually able to um, to roll with like the what's going on um, in Flesh and Blood a little bit and kind of react to things. So if they see things that are dangerous, they can be like, oh, we should print something that can help. Um, but it also means that they're kind of working on a like a pretty tight schedule, I would imagine, right? They, they're like, we got to get this shit done, like now. Like it's like, put it to like send it to the printers we need to the set to come out like when we when we promised it yeah ship it (laughs) ship it so like it's this tight thing i wonder this is something i'd love to ask james i wonder if it's a thing where they want to get more leeway like i wonder if they're like they don't want it to be like this or if it's a feature and not Mm. a bug i'm very curious on a lot a lot of the design aspects of that um yeah so yeah Interesting. Yeah. I'm also very curious, like how far in advance they have planned. Um, like, do they even know like what the next like three sets are or something like that, or if they're just like mm-hmm. kind of winging it? I I, I don't know. Um, I don't. I, I reckon don't... you probably probably yeah. I reckon you would probably need to have 
so, uh, at least something ready I, just in case. I imagine they have some design because it sounds like after talking with Brian, it sounds like they have a bunch of ideas and designs kind of like backlogged. Where they were saying like, oh, they had multiple different versions of Assassin, like Arachne and all this kind of stuff kind of in these files. So I bet they have just like a handful of ideas and stuff. Um, oh, God, yeah. Yeah. But I'm just curious about like how solid those are. Like, like, do mm. they know that like the set, not the next one and not the one after that, but the one after that, do they know if like that one's gonna be the Mysteria set or whatever? And like, oh, we want to put these mm. four classes in the set. Like, I'm just curious on, on that kind of, that kind of thing. But yeah, that's definitely that's definitely a James question if he comes on here at some point. So uh... yeah, I, it's a uh, it's also <laughs> something I, I want to ask like part of the creative team too. Same question, but for creative, like how much of the yeah, world yeah. do they have already um, expanded upon and fleshed out, um, and then how much they don't? Um, yeah, exactly. I um, Sam, I, I messaged Sam about coming on the podcast, and he he said yes, and then he hasn't responded since then. Um, this is very very typical for Sam. <laughs> Anyone who knows him, um, even like who know him in real life, knows that. Uh, he's not great at responding to stuff and he will admit that and he always apologizes. Um, but I've also been in contact with uh, Enrique Lindner, a flesh and blood artist who actually mm -hmm. recently announced that he is going to be working officially um, on flesh and blood, not just as like a contractor, like most of the artists are like, you know, they're independent contractors that they get hired to do pieces of art, but he's going to be working on flesh and blood as like a concept artist, like more like doing, I don't want to say in-studio stuff because I don't think he's moving to New Zealand. I'm pretty sure he's from Brazil. Um, I don't think he's moving to mm. New Zealand, but I think he's still going to be, you know, working as part of the team. Um, and he has ex expressed interest about coming on at least my channel to talk about, like, art and that kind of stuff. So maybe yeah. I can get him to come on to the Living Legends and we can talk to him about talk to him about some stuff. Um, mm. If if, yeah. uh, if anyone is interested. I think... By the way, if you don't know who Enric Lindner is, um, he's a flesh and blood artist who did stuff like Shred and um, the new the new Bolton specialization. Grander of Valahai. Grander of Valahai. Yeah, I have an artist proof Grander of Valahai oh. that he uh, did a artist proof sketch on. Um, he's uh, he's one of the more active artists in the community because he'll pop into my live stream sometimes and, and like make comment like mm -hmm. comments and stuff, and he'll comment in videos and stuff. So I don't know if he listens to this podcast, but if you do, hi. Hey, how you doing, man? Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I haven't for, I haven't forgotten that message that you sent me about maybe coming on. So, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, shout out shout out to the artists for Flesh and Blood. Um, I, I'm actually I don't say impressed, but like I I really love how a lot of them or some of them are active in like the community. So like Enrique and um, Reardon Del Miro like comments on some of my videos occasionally, and obviously like Sam Yang and all that kind of stuff. So I, I think it's cool. Yeah, I think well. it's really cool. I, I think it's um, one of those things that shows that the people working on the game, not just people working at LSS, like care about the game and the community and that they are like a part of it. And um, I don't think that's true for every game out there. So yeah, um, I think that's cool. I think it says a lot about uh, Flesh and Blood. So anyway, that's another random tangent yeah. <laughs> that we went on. I don't remember why. Yeah, well... I don't remember why I started going down the tangent. But. Yeah, it's a bit of an insight into potentially future episodes of Living Legends podcast. So uh, 
Stay tuned as you normally do for these, and uh, you might be able to see and uh, and hear people's perspectives on the, on that side of the game at least. Um, but um, yeah, that being said, it's pretty much wrapping it up for today. Uh, unless anybody has anything in their arsenal that they want to speak about hmm. before we uh, close it off. I mean, I have I have a small thing I could talk about, but unless you guys got something, it's not like it's not super exciting. It's just like very, I don't know. It's just a small thing that I'm going to be doing that I've never done before. That probably going to cost me a crap load of money, crap load of money if I'm going to be honest. Well, let's share it. <laughs> All right, so here for the for the video viewers, I'll show one thing and it leads into the other thing. So this is a sorcery contested realm playmat with art from Melissa Benson. So this is the Screaming Skull. Melissa Benson is one of my favorite um, old Magic the Gathering artists. And this was sent to me recently by uh, Eric, uh, the creator of Sorcery. Um, and I mention this because I got recently my second painting from Sorcery. It is the Terra painting by artist El Elvira mm -hmm. Shakirova, who's a fantastic artist. She does beautiful, beautiful art. Um, so it's my second original. And I had been waiting for this one. Um, like, it's, it's, a, it's been a gift. It was gifted to me. Um, and I've been waiting for it for a little while before I go frame them. And so this is going to be my adventure in getting paintings framed as a complete <laughs> noob who knows nothing about this. So I've, I have an appointment for Monday, which at the time of this recording is tomorrow. Um, so I'm going to go. I'm going to bring the paintings, probably pay them many hundreds of dollars to to frame these things and then wait like a week or whatever until they do it i'm a little nervous because nice. um one of elvira's paintings um which was like the, her doppelganger card if you don't know about sorcery it's all all the art is original art um the painting that i have is one of the four mixes uh which are kind of like very very spicy cards so uh, in the game there are unique mm. unique cards they're akin to like if you're gonna use magic term like moxin they're like moxin um for magic and so there's one for each of the elements mix uh, terra is the earth one um and it like one of her paintings recently sold on auction for five thousand dollars and so this painting's wow. worth close to that maybe more because it's one of the mixes so i'm gonna be like dropping this off at like this place for like a week and i'm just like please don't don't mess up my painting, please. <laughs> like I just I just don't 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 mess up my painting. It was a, it was a very kind gift to me, and I I wanted I wanted to be like maintained well, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hang it up somewhere, maybe in the studio, maybe actually maybe back here. Um, I'm pointing yeah. I'm pointing behind me, audio listeners. So that's that's one thing that I've got going on that's uh, occupying a decent amount of my mind space right now. Um, yeah, I imagine so. Well, yeah. We'll see how it goes. It's one of those situations like four years ago that I never would have imagined that I would be in. Like I didn't think I'd ever own like original paintings or anything for like a card game. And so it's something that I very much treasure. I I very much value art and artists, especially these days with, and we're not, I'm not going to get into this now, but with all of the rampant uh, AI art and all of this kind of stuff, I very much appreciate mm. artists, talent, dedication, and skill. Um, for, that, that's true for almost anyone, by the way. If someone's very puts a lot of passion and time and behind something, I very much um, respect that. And so, for artists, I, I very much respect that. So, I love like the hand drawn, hand painted stuff, which is like the I like the two Libya Prima drawings that I have. So, 
anyway, it's just kind of like a little um, thing of my passion of mine, I guess you could say. So, yeah, yep, that's yeah. There's <laughs> a lot. Of, there's a lot of there's a lot of conversation around, uh, like especially the AI art. Which if we get if we get an artist on to Living Legends, oh, yeah. we need to. I, talk, I think we, they would have a lot. Touch on that. I think they would have a lot to say. And I'll just say this now for anyone <laughs> yeah. curious, I. I have promised, and I'll say it now, and I've said it a couple times on uh, social media, I will never, ever have a Red Zone Rogue product made with AI art. That's no. just something that doesn't mm. interest me, and it's not something I'm going to do. Um, I will always commission a artist, an, or an artist for a piece. Um, yeah, so that's just my, my exactly. stance. That's just my stance on it. Um, I feel pretty strongly about it too, um, so that's just yeah. uh, that's just that. And I'm Definitely sure the art, that. I'm sure the artists feel pretty strong, pretty strongly about it as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, but there's we also see. there's other reasons for it too, not just uh, moral reasons, but it's like I have my own characters. They're not just generic, you know, you know, no. insert archetype here. They're my own characters, and I have like ideas behind it, and so like. For example, for the assassin splash art that Crovius is doing, I asked her to put in a couple flesh and blood references, and so it's not something that an AI could do. Like, no, it's all tell... sort of, it's all part. It's not part of the process, is it? It's not part of the sort of customization. You yeah. you need that really mm-hmm. uh, from a human to sort of understand your idea. A machine is never going to do that for you. Yeah, it's like um, I was yeah. like, hey, I want you to put a cracked bauble into the art somewhere, like um, that one of the the bodies was carrying, like just. Then mm. holding a crack bottle or something, which is true. That, that's nice. something that's Peter's piece. Of art. I think it's going to be a thing for for most of my flesh and blood style pieces because I did it for um, the Kotico's library. There's a cracked bottle in it, and I I kind of want to put a crack bottle somewhere in the background of just a little them. trinket. Yeah, yeah, just kind of like a nod, right? <laughs> just like a a nod that it's like a flesh and blood thing. Um, yeah. Anyway, that mm. was uh, Kel's art corner for the. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Well, at me. least it's not a finance corner. Well, it is to a certain degree. I, I imagine. Yeah, it, it's funny because like it could be, but I'm not going to sell them. Like, and also, no. I didn't really technically buy either of the pieces of art. I mean, I, I bought the ones from Livia Prima, but I like for the paintings at least. I got one of them for being like the 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 collector tier for sorcery. Um, so I, I technically kind of bought it, but um, it was part of like the Kickstarter thing. And I, it was random. I didn't get to choose it. And the other one was a gift. So it's like, it's kind of like a. They should be going out soon as well, right? To kick the uh, yeah. sorcery things. Yeah, for for sorcery. Did any of you guys back sorcery? I didn't. I backed the starter decks. The four okay. starter decks. Cool. Um, but... They should be coming out so- somewhat soon. So they're, they're being printed in China, and Chinese uh, China just got done with their New Year, with Chinese New Year, um, and. How, how it goes in a lot of Chinese companies is they actually just take take the time off. So, um, from what I understand, there's a, that the printers are just coming back from Chinese New Year, and so they'll be kicking back up. Makes so, sense. A few months is what I what I've heard. Um, all the things that I've mm. seen so far have been like really good and really good quality. And uh, yeah. I was telling Eric this in in chat the other day um, after he sent me this cool this cool playmat. Um, that I uh, I have been avoiding 
spoilers, other than like me playtesting the game like over a year ago, I really have not been diving in and looking at any other cards. And also I know that the cards that I played with have changed significantly as they like fine tune the mechanics. So I, I want this to be a kind of a blind experience. And I, I, I'm really excited for it because it's going to be like, it's going to be like opening magic when I was a kid and not knowing anything about any of the cards and seeing all the art for the first time and, and, and having like this magical experience. That's kind of my goal for this. And so when I, when I do my yeah, live stream, very organic. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Um, just discovery, isn't it? Just organic discovery. I, I have not been able to experience that since I was a kid because for all the games that I keep up with flesh and blood, right. Um, I, ve- I keep very, very keen attention to all the flesh and blood things. So it's never a surprise when you open up a pack unless they haven't spoiled a fabled or something like that. Um, yeah. But so, so that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to have that like blind experience. And so when I get my product, I'm going to do like a stream and I'm going to open up a box, maybe give one away. And, uh, yeah, I think what as, what as did is, is, uh, is a good way to go about it is just to get the starter, the, the, the little decks and then just yeah. play it like that. Because honestly, I, I think you can board game this game. Um, yeah, pretty much. And, that, and that's, that's a term that I want to use more often for TCGs. To, to board game it because I think a lot of TCGs can be board gamed. And what I mean by mm-hmm. that is like, you don't operate under the TCG rules. You just buy enough stuff to make decks and then literally just treat it like you would a board game, pull it out, play with friends. When people come over, you don't have to do the TCG mm-hmm. thing. Um, no, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, that's enough of that. That's enough of that. Nice. Um, I've, been, I've been playing a lot of Breath of the Wild recently. I don't know. Yeah. I, I literally only just only just discovered it like recently. I've always had it, like, but I just never played it Hold until on. recently. <laughs> oh. oh boy! So, Ke- so for the audio listeners out there, Keller's just got up and he's walked out of his room as soon as I mentioned Breath of the Wild. He's coming back in with something. Oh, oh wow! What's that? What? Nice. <laughs> All right, so talking, about, on. so talking about artists, uh, one of my favorite artists and a very, very good friend. She's been very, very kind to me. Uh, she's an anime artist who uh, named Honchu, and she's done a lot of uh, stuff for me, design and art and stuff. Anyway, she did a fan drawing of Breath of the Wild, which I think is freaking gorgeous. And mm, wow. uh, I bought yeah. this print from her store to like frame and hang up because I also very much like awesome. Breath of the Wild. Uh, and I saw that wow. she did this and I was like, that's beautiful. I'm going to support you and buy yeah. this print. So, yeah. Audio listeners, check out the video because, yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you can go check out nice. Han's store. Prints are, she's from Canada. So, like, for, for Bill, uh, shipping would be very inexpensive. For me, the shipping's like 30 bucks. Um, it's quite, quite, quite expensive. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she, she does anime art, uh, fan art. She does a lot of uh, the anime stuff here on my channel. Um, some of her... Other art is, is, is a little spicy. It's a little spicy, so uh, just know that if you go looking into it. There's some spicy stuff, um, but also some very beautiful... Yeah. I, uh, stuff. I, I do remember you mentioning one time that you were working with, with Han, and uh, you were like, as much as I love this, can we tone it down slightly? <laughs> it was. She, she really likes drawing like the spicier stuff. So for the, the last one we did that was kind of Grand Archive-themed, it was like three characters within the classes of Grand Archive. It's almost Gen- Genshin-ish. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, one of the characters was like 
mm, a little, a little maybe too much. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> I, I'm cool with this, but let me just maybe turn turn it down, turn it back, just, just dial it in a little bit. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. So it's um, it's the most recent one that I have that has the three characters, and it was the middle character who, if you see the the art, she's like a bit more or less with the lack of a better word, she's like completely covered up. Um, but she was very much not in, in the first rendition. Lots of booba. That is a lots of lots that of, is a new thing. Lots of booba. Um, and so. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, hon. I'm so sorry. And she was like, No, I was afraid you'd. I was afraid you'd say that. Um, so. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Well, we are officially in the weebs right weebs. now. Yes. <laughs> the weebs territory. Weebs territory. Breath of the Wild. How far? How far are you in Breath of the Wild, by the way? Not far at all. I've only. I've only discovered. I've only like explored like the bottom the bottom right corner of the map and there's like mm. a whole load of it that I haven't even explored yet. But yeah, it's just one of those games yeah. that you can just you just you just get lost in. Uh, and there's you know obviously a main quest, but then you just end up going somewhere else and doing things and finding shrines and you want to find more shrines to get your stamina bar up or whatever. The shrines are good. The, the fact that yeah the fact that weapons break as well i thought was uh was crap to begin with but now i've just sort of learned to love it and you like pick up different weapons and stuff and just grab a yeah, great sword yeet it at the dudes that's what you do just yeet it. yeah exactly exactly I, um, I could swing the sword or i could just throw it throw it at him. just throw it um, um get get jotun I, I i do like breath of the wild i have some minor gripes about it but i think it, i think it's overall pretty good it's one of those games where yeah. the open world can feel empty at times and mm-hmm. um yeah i do like the shrines so what i when i played breath of the wild i did i wasn't one of the people who like went and got all the little korok seeds or whatever because holy crap um mm. or oh, all yeah. of the chests yeah. but i did i did do like all the little the main side quests and uh all of the little or most of the shrines um mm. which is funny because by the time i actually did the main event like the main quest my like link was like op as hell and it was like easy <laughs> like I'm yeah. like, oh, oh I, yeah. I should have done this way earlier because this is a joke. Um, yeah, yeah. I just love it. I just love like the the things you can d- just just discover in it. You just walk around. You just lose yourself for, for in it for an afternoon. It's brilliant. The coolest. I'm not going to spoil it, but the coolest part of Breath of the Wild for me, there's an island bit. I'm not going to explain it other more other than the oh, isle, yeah. island. You'll know the island when you when you do the island. It's optional. You can completely miss it. It's not part of the main thing, but it's it's really unique and a lot of fun. That was probably my favorite. Mm. My favorite part is yeah, so, nice island. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, spending a lot of time on that at the moment. So, uh, but um, but yeah, probably really enjoying it. But apart from that being said, that's pretty much all we have got time yeah, for now, this now, this week, right? Now we are at two. <laughs> now we are at two hours. <laughs> now we are at two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the goal from now on to get to two hours. Oh no, I don't think so think so but <laughs> but we hope we hope everyone enjoyed our random conversations about various things um absolutely yeah, yeah. and i hey, and uh i think people can either find entertainment or relation to that stuff yeah exactly a lot a lot of people a lot of people you know especially when i was working in like warehouse like a long time ago I, I listened to mm. command zone command zone podcast like just in my ear mm-hmm. and the longer it was the longer it was the better because it passed more time so people yeah. that are in those environments you know might want to have 
a longer cast just to sort of pass the time. Yep. Um, but um, I've been there too. But yeah, yeah, for sure. Exactly. Um, so, uh, but for all the people out there watching this, listening to this, wherever you might be out there, whatever you're doing right now, I hope you're having a great day. And thanks again for listening to Living Legends podcast as always. Um, and uh, I'll throw it over to uh, the, uh, the 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 person who you might be watching this video on, and that's uh, Kel Red Zone Rogue. Hello. Where can people find you? Hello, my name is <laughs> Kel. If you're watching this, um, well, depending on where you're watching this, um, mm. you, you may or may not know. Um, I have a Twitter that I'm pretty active on at Red Zone Rogue. Um, I have an Instagram that I'm much less active on that people still message me, and I'm like, I read the message and I'm like, oh, this was like two weeks ago. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't use Instagram all that much. Uh, Facebook eh, here and there, but so I'm on all of those things at Red Zone Rogue on everything. Um, we're getting close to 15k subs. We're gonna do uh, like an AMA giveaway kind of thing. I'm hesitant to call it a giveaway because the second you put giveaway in your title, you are swarmed by bots now. So I'm, I'm trying to think of a good way to put it so I'm not swarmed by bots. Um, but uh, yeah. it's gonna be fun. I'm gonna give away some some good stuff. Like uh, at 10k, we gave away a tunic. Well, I I, I give a, I give away a full Lexi deck with a tunic and a New Horizon and all the majestics. At 15k, oh, I'm nice. not I'm not gonna do quite that much. Maybe 20k, but I'm still gonna give away like a Black Tech Whispers and maybe some other fun stuff. Um, mm. So stay tuned for that. Um, and then I, I would like to reveal our Assassin playmat um, and splash art and and all that good stuff around that time as well so awesome that's what i got going on nice awesome and uh bill where can we find uh, you sir that is that is me i am bill from the spike creators you can find me uh on twitter at bill tsf uh, not nearly as uh, active on it as i maybe should be but uh you know that's the, them's the breaks um you can also find me on youtube uh at the spike feeders fab for live gameplay content Hell yeah. Fantastic. Nice. Uh, nice to see the uh, Blade Break series back in action after a while. Yeah, took us, uh, <laughs> took us a bit, but uh, finally got there. <laughs> nice. Um, and uh, yeah, my name's uh, Az from Go Again Gaming on Go Again Gaming on YouTube and on Twitter, uh, Go Again Gaming AZ. Um, should probably mention Instagram as well. Don't really do it. Like Kel said, it's just one of those things where you post a picture of your thumbnail or something and hope that people watch it. Um, but yeah, go again gaming UK on there. None of my tags are the same, which is infuriates me. But hey ho, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. go again gaming AZ, go again UK, go again oh, fuck's sake. Anyway, uh, thank very, <laughs> thanks very much for watching, and uh, and yeah, we'll see Ray Ray soon to do it all over again. Uh, where Bill might be hosting next time, I think. Is that right? I, I think I will be. We'll have to see if there's anything exciting that happens in the next week. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, uh, due to the timing of these, we're always like a couple days behind. But eh, still, yeah, still we're talking. Still we're talking. Exactly. We'll come up with something. We'll come up with something. Come up with something. Have something but, to talk about. Yeah, there's always so much to do. Um, but thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you very, very soon. Cheers. Bye. <laughs> I was gonna go, Jason, just for no reason. Sean! Jason, Sean. Did we stop recording yet? Have we stopped recording? No, I haven't, I haven't clicked it yet. No, I'll leave it in. Leave it in then. Like, <laughs> right, stop now. <laughs>